дуже люблю на музику піду Як музика тай заграє, забуду я піду Ой тайду, найду, найду, ой тайду, найдай на Ой тайду, найду, найду, ой тайду, найдай на Як я тую музиченку зачую, зачую Болить мене голованьки в дома не ночую Ой тайду, найду, найду, ой тайду, найдай на Ой тайду, найду, найду, ой тайду, найдай на called Slu High, and a traditional Ukrainian folk song, one that has many different names from Kolomeka to simply Oitaduna, and uh, Slu High has monikered it. I like music very much. Dobry večer, šanovni radio suhači, ta vitaju vas vsih na radio programu Naš Holos Radio Krinskoho Kurinja, kotra podajete vam na bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm Paula demchuk Macquarie, Pokrinske Pavlina, and I'm your host for today's program. Thank you so much for joining me. In this week's show, we've got two interviews and a mix of old and new music. On Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, part one of an interview with Alti Rodol, co-director of Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, sponsor of this series. She'll be telling us all about a new museum exhibit in Ukraine, an updated version of a very popular one from Canada. Also, a new East European musical ensemble from Toronto, Blisk, is here on the west coast of Canada. 
I had a chance to speak with them before they hit the road, and we'll share that chat with you in this edition. As well, our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music, including some new tunes. So stay tuned for all of that. But right now, we've got another oldie but goodie, popular Ukrainian singer Oksana Mucha from her CD Reshita and a traditional Ukrainian folk song, Oi Chorna, Yasa Chorna, I'm a Dark-Eyed Beauty. Чорнява, як циганка, Щем всі полюбила, Щем всі полюбила, Чорнявого Іванка. Щем всі полюбила, Щем всі полюбила, Чорнявого Іванка. Іванка та Іванка, Сорочка вишиванка, Високий та to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shurchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shurchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. For over 50 years, Canada's National Ukrainian Festival has highlighted the very best in Ukrainian culture through music, food, dancing, and interactive family fun, featuring incredible bands and the very best dance groups from across the country. Don't miss this family-friendly festival in Dauphin, Manitoba, August long weekend. Weekend passes, day passes, and camping passes are all available. Order your tickets and get more information at cnuf.ca. 
great blast from the past there that was Rushnichok from Montreal and a song about the wedding of the mosquito and the fly, Komarik. And uh, a sad note uh, to add to that is uh, the guitarist and vocalist who is a member of that group, Rushnichok, Andrei Harasimovich, recently passed away at age 71. Before Rushnichuk, you heard another Montreal group, Cherim Shena, and has a girl group that has been around for a long, long time, and a traditional Ukrainian folk song, Porizalam Palchek, I Cut My Finger. And with that, we're going to be focusing on another Montreal group. This one is Privit, and this is a brand new tune recently released, hot off the press, and I don't think it's actually on the press yet. It's uh, kind of a um, beta version of one of the many songs that will be coming out on a new CD put out by Privit. This one is entitled Pridut Shtjedni Le Jurber. Another day of sorrow comes.
A new musical ensemble from Toronto will be touring the west coast of Canada this month, and it is a female quartet called Blisk that specializes in East European folk music, including, of course, Ukrainian. Two of the members are Ukrainian-Canadian, one of them whose music Holos listeners would be familiar with and who we've had on the show before, Stacey Yerofayeva, with the group Dovira. And they're actually here now, but I caught up with Stacy and Stefania and the other girls shortly before they left Toronto. So welcome back to Nashola, Stacy. Yes, thank you for having me. It's so great to be back this time with my new project, Blisk. Yeah. So we're very excited. Yeah. So, uh, so tell us about Blisk. So Blisk is definitely quite a collaboration of these wonderful ladies that are here with me, the uh, wonderful uh, Evelina Ferenc, who is actually from Poland. Hi, everyone. Dobry den. <laughs> Dobry den. You sp- and you speak Ukrainian. Awesome. <laughs> and then we've got Stefania, who's Ukrainian Canadian. Hi, everybody. Hi, Stefania. And from Kazakhstan, we've got Ekaterina. Hi there. Wow. Yeah, so it's a collaboration. I'll pass it off to Stefania. Okay. Hi, Stefania. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> Great. So you're the second Ukrainian Canadian in the group. And how did you meet Stacy and how did you get involved and get this group off the ground? Well, there's a really great group of people that celebrate folk music here in Toronto. And Stacy and I met through a group in Toronto called Cosa Collective. Yeah. 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 So we used to sing together with that sort of community group. And then Stacey, Evelina and I did a performance as part of something called Art Spin. And we just really loved singing together. And we thought, oh, my God, we should put together a female group. And then one thing led to another. And we ended up with this quartet. Great. Now, um, had you, this was where you met at the Cosa Collective and you, um, Evelina, how did you get involved with them? Oh, that's a very interesting story. I actually came here to Canada about four years ago. Mm. I was leading Polish singing workshop ah. and I met all the students and I actually met my husband also. And then I met all the girls because we're part of the same community in Toronto. We're all crazy Eastern Europeans here. <laughs> so we found each other very uh, quickly. And yeah, here I am. I also speak Ukrainian because I actually lived in Ukraine, in Lviv, oh. in 2000 for a year. So that's why I learned the language and songs. And here I am. Wow. Okay. So all your East Europeans always speak several languages. So I guess it wasn't that hard for you to pick up Ukrainian in that one year that you lived there. <laughs> no, it's really very easy, especially you are surrounded only by Ukrainian people, you have, you have to speak the language because, you know, otherwise uh, you wouldn't, I wouldn't survive. <laughs> <laughs> and Ekaterina, what's your story? How did you get connected with these gals? We got acquainted through a friend of ours. I sing in a Balkan ensemble called Metal Glass. Oh. And one of the members, uh, Mario, he was part of Cosa Collective and often sang with, with these girls and uh, they needed somebody to fill in for one of the shows and then uh, I was just introduced to the band and yeah and uh, in terms of Ukrainian heritage I have some as well. <laughs> um, my great-great-grandmother came in from Ukraine in the beginning of the 20th century just to settle and work the land. They were giving away land just like in Canada so lots of Ukrainians came to Kazakhstan. Oh okay that's why. All right, that's interesting. I I knew that there were quite a few Ukrainians there, but I didn't know how that worked. So interesting. Ah, okay. And you ended up in Canada when? I came in 2001. Okay. All right. So two Canadian born, two new Canadians. That's a nice mix. And so. Just one one Canadian born. Oh, really? Oh, that's right. Stacey, you were born in Ukraine too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I was born in Kiev, and um, I came here when I was 11 to Toronto, Canada, and now I found these girls, and it's just such a clash of cultures, but in a in a really good way, and we hope to showcase that through our music, if any of you guys are album, able to come out. We also do a lot of Balkan stuff, too, not just Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. Ekaterina, the one that you just spoke to, she's kind of 
the master, uh, literally, or I think she uh, she studied that quite heavily. Um, different languages, Bulgarian as well as Serbian and Macedonian. So we do a lot of stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I all those cultures that you mentioned, I love their music, especially Macedonian. It's a lot, a lot like Greek almost, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, well, and interesting is there's just, it all kind of, it's like a a gradient, isn't it? (laughs) The different kinds of styles. And and so you all have musical background, like you've been trained musicians? I got into music about eight years ago. This is Stefania. (laughs) Oh, okay. He got music through a band called Lemon Beckett Orchestra, who you probably have had uh, in Vancouver and Nanaimo a few times. So I'm still with the group. I, I primarily dance in the group, but I also sing. Oh, I didn't realize they had dancers. Wow. Yeah, and, and I also dance in this group. So this collaboration involves um, a lot of percussion and po- uh, polyphony, so multiple voices, as well as a dance element. Oh, okay. So it's, a perf- it's not just a singing group, but you perform as well. Right, exactly. And we teach dances to the audience. We like for people to get up and dance with us and clap with us and... Oh, yeah, it's a very, very um, interactive show. Great. So then you're going to be in Vancouver as this pro- as listeners are hearing this, you're actually going to be performing at the Polish uh, Cultural Center in Vancouver. Yep, we're going to be at the Polish Hall. Uh, the show starts at eight o'clock. Okay, so uh, listeners that aren't aware of that, you have a bit of time yet to get get ready and get over to that Polish Hall. <laughs> Yeah, and we've got an opening band, so there's still time. We have uh, Zlatna Mountain is opening up for us. They're a group actually based out of Vancouver that do Balkan repertoire. Okay. They're a fairly new group. Um, they're an offshoot from Orchestra Slibovica. Oh. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be opening up for us, and then we'll probably go on around, I don't know, 9.30 or so. Okay. So there's time. Oh, sounds like like it's going to be a fantastic show and uh, not a short one. So that's great. So July 6th, you'll be in Vancouver and then you're hopping over to the island. Well, July 7th, we'll also be in Vancouver. Um, We're going to be actually teaching a song workshop. We'll be teaching songs uh, from Poland, Ukraine and Russia. So these will be all polyphony and uh, very, very old songs. Very traditional way of singing. Uh, we will kind of get in a little bit into the projection element of how to actually produce these vocal techniques that are a little bit older and a little bit more village style. So this is, like, I guess, what we call Billy Holos, pure voice, correct? Yeah. And is that, yeah. what, is that what you mean by polyphony? Yeah, so polyphony is, is just music with multiple voices. Okay. So they're like four-part harmony, three-part harmony, or two-part harmony, something like that. Okay, so where will your workshop be? It'll be at the Polish Hall as well. Okay, all right. At 4 p.m., 4 till 6. 4 to 6 on July 7th. On July 7th, yeah. Okay, and then you'll be heading over to the island? Yep, then we head over to Victoria, where we have a, a show on the 9th and another one on the 10th. Okay. After that, we'll be heading off to Nanaimo, and then... Back to Vancouver or to the mainland to Lions Bay, and then following that to Duncan for the 39 Days of July Festival for a couple of days there, and then to Parksville, and then finally we end at the Harrison Arts Festival at Harrison Hot Springs. Well, you got a few ferry trips in there. <laughs> That's okay. You, you might see you might see whales and dolphins, so it might be it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> well, um, looking so forward to seeing you here, and uh, thanks for taking time out of your very busy day uh, rehearsing right now and probably getting packed up and ready for your tour. So have you been out west before, out to BC here at the coast? Yep, yep. Yeah. I've been there a couple times already with Lemon Bucket, and I think the rest of the girls have been out there once or twice. I wasn't there. Ever. I've never been there. Oh. I'm a fresh uh, immigrant here, so I'm still discovering the country, so I'm actually... I think the most excited from everybody because this will be my first time. Well, that's that's wonderful. So um, you'll also be on our, the um, Nanaimo edition of Nash Holos on the 10th and also hopefully on the 12th, uh, 3 o'clock, on another program on uh, CHLY, and that'll be the Canadian song with James Casper. So tune in 
to hear that and make sure to take in one of the shows that uh, that these great gals will be performing at. Uh, really looking forward to that and, and to meeting you in person finally. So safe travels and break a leg. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Do Pavachinya. This is CHMB AM 1320 Vancouver. <laughs> from Toronto East European Quartet with their signature song Zemlya and that is done in four languages and again Blisk is performing this evening in Vancouver at the Polish Friendship Society Dompolski and that is located at 4015 Fraser Street at King Edward Avenue in Vancouver and that'll be starting at 8 p.m. and they will also be giving a singing workshop at that same location tomorrow. Then they'll be coming to Vancouver Island, where they'll be performing on July 9th in Victoria at Beacon Hill Park, and also on the 10th at the Victoria Event Centre. Then up to Nanaimo for a performance at the Vault Cafe at 9pm on Friday, July 12th, and then back to the mainland to Lions Bay, B.C., for a performance on the 13th, and then back to the island July 14th and 15th. They'll be in Duncan at the 39 Days of July and also the Duncan Showroom, and then up north again to Parksville, where they'll be performing on the 17th of July at Ground Zero Acoustic Lounge. Then their last stop will be Harrison Hot Springs on the mainland uh, for July 20th and 21st at the Harrison Festival Society. You can follow Bandcamp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. You can find their music on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Again, that was Blisk from Toronto. And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. Thank you. 
The Ukrainian Jewish Encounter is a Toronto-based, privately organized multinational initiative which has sponsored the series Ukrainian Jewish Heritage here on Nasholos since 2013. This series of vignettes, cultural capsules and interviews has opened a window on this hitherto little-known aspect of the Ukrainian experience. Alti Rodol is co-director of the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter. She's a historian, writer, former professor of Jewish history, and official advisor to the Government of Canada. She was educated at McGill, Oxford, and Hebrew universities in history and literature. Her research and writing has focused on aspects of identity, Jewish history and culture, and intercommunal relations. Alti has been instrumental in a project which began as an exhibition entitled A Journey Through the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter from Antiquity to 1914. It premiered in Toronto in 2015 and also traveled to Winnipeg, Edmonton and Montreal. Last April 2018, Alti updated us on this project and other exciting UJE initiatives. These include an illustrated catalogue of the 2015 exhibit, which we recently interviewed here on the show, plans for an expanded exhibit in 2020 at the Royal Ontario Museum, and a travelling exhibit to Ukraine, which was recently launched as part of the Museums in Ukraine project. Alti is just back from the launch in Lviv and kindly agreed to tell us all about it. She joins us now by phone from Ottawa. Welcome back to the show, Alti. Thank you, Paulette. So it's great to have you, and it's great to be kept in the loop with this amazing museum project, not least of all to see what a so-called small project can morph into. Your exhibit, Journey Through the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter from Antiquity to 1914, only went to four cities in Canada, but out of it came a fabulous book that cataloged the exhibit, which is available free from UJE at your website, as well as this ROM exhibit and the one you just launched in Lviv. So welcome home from that trip, and how did that launch go? Well, there's a lot to tell Mm -hmm. in between the traveling exhibit in Canada and uh, the Lviv exhibit, there was a fair amount of interest expressed by uh, other cities in Canada, but also in the U.S. and Chicago and New York, California, that we should bring our exhibit there. Ah. And it was uh, an idea that came from museums and from community centers. Uh, we thought about it and thought that we might do it. But in the meantime, the proposal for an exhibit at the Royal Ontario Museum came up and we thought, let's focus on that for now and put the other exhibit possibilities on hold. Uh, So we've been working now for the past two and a half years as a team, three curators, a lead curator appointed by the ROM and two associate curators, myself. Uh, Miroslav Shkandri, who very mm-hmm. knowledgeable in uh, Ukrainian literature and mm-hmm. art and so on. And uh, the team has been working uh, very well uh, together, but it's a very different experience than the traveling community exhibit. This is very museum-grade, professional, a uh, larger team of uh, support and uh, various expertise, and uh, uh, not so much uh, posters, but primarily artifacts and uh, artworks, and all that comes with a major museum exhibit. So that has been very interesting. But at the same time, we've been exploring uh, what might be done in Ukraine, because expressions of interest came from several museums in Ukraine at the same time. Mm -hmm. And last summer, uh, 2018, a number of us, together with the small UJE team in Ukraine, traveled to 12 towns, visiting uh, museums of history in these towns, meeting with the directors, telling them a little bit about what we do. And uh, we were very encouraged by the strong interest they had in uh, bringing content on the Jewish heritage uh, to their museums. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is uh, something which uh, one can understand in the light of the virtually complete absence of Jewish content during Soviet times in these museums. And the museums are still very much Soviet style. And uh, there is a also a cultural heritage tours that have increased in recent years. Mm-hmm. And these towns are receiving uh, groups of people who have an interest in the Jewish cultural heritage that their ancestors lived in these towns. Mm-hmm. And uh, they look for anything that attests to it. And not much remains other than uh, abandoned cemeteries and uh, ruined synagogues, and so on. 
and they come to the museum and look for something there and don't find it. And, hmm. and this may be part of the uh, explanation of why the interest is there. Um, so we've met younger, a younger generation of museum directors also. So we were very encouraged and intrigued by this interest and are in a position now to pick up on it and uh, possibly bring exhibits that tell about the Jewish heritage, not just in their region, but mm-hmm. throughout Ukraine, but giving them something extra for their particular locality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, one museum in the larger city, in Lviv, the Lviv Historical Museum, and actually the current director was director of the Museum of Ethnography in Lviv, the National Museum of Ethnography. Mm. And uh, he's been interested because we had developed a connection with him over the years. Uh, he had given a presentation at a conference UJE organized in 2010, mm. and we've been in touch. So he's expressed interest in bringing an exhibit on the history of Jews in Ukraine and of Ukrainian-Jewish relations over the centuries, and of course something on Galicia and Lviv. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sat on this for about two years, and uh, the actual momentum came during this visit in 2018. And uh, we thought we were in a position to act on this, and they were interested and put us in their calendar. And in a very short time, we adapted the 2015 exhibit, which went only to 1914, to bring it to 1939. Oh, okay, you've updated it then. Yes, it meant adding a couple of panels, mm-hmm. but we were extremely restricted by the number of panels we could have, at the same time as being uh, quite fortunate to have the location that we were offered, which is the outside balconies and spaces, the courtyard of the Lviv Historical Museum. If anyone knows this venue, it's uh, quite uh, moving and interesting to see it. Uh, it's a Galician, Austrian style, um, Polish mansion, <laughs> yeah. uh, which uh, was turned into the museum. Oh. And uh, it has a very uh, strong circulation. I mean, there, there are many visitors that come to this museum and school groups and so on. So when I was there the previous year in November, I was very impressed by how many uh, visitors it had. Huh? So we worked on it. And it had to be, we were invited uh, that it should be both in English and Ukrainian because they have many tourists Mm -hmm. in the summer. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were looking at uh, May through July. So to have it bilingual and in a limited, less than half the number of uh, posters that we had in the traveling exhibit in Canada. And also we didn't want a lot of text. So it's become something quite different, very little text but still covering from ancient times to 1939 and uh, doing so mainly through images. Ah, well, that's yeah. in- interesting because the the book, the catalog that, uh, that you've put out that, well, cataloged that exhibit uh, from 2015, itself, it doesn't have a lot of text. But when we were talking about that, we reviewed the book uh, last month. And our reviewer, Myra Junik, said that there was so much, <laughs> every word counted. And you said that too, I think, when we spoke, that every single word, you know, had did double or triple duty because you wanted to keep it that way. And exactly. So, so exactly. Got, so this yeah. was an even more extreme challenge of this kind. <laughs> of uh, really reducing, always counting the words, <laughs> but not wanting to lose the essence. Right. So and I think we've succeeded. You know, someone who goes through the exhibit will learn a great deal. Mm-hmm. And the catalog has actually been translated to Ukrainian and oh. it's made available to visitors if they are interested. Wow. And it's, of course, on our website, uh, PDF, yeah. that can be downloaded. Yeah. But hard copies in Ukrainian are also available at the museum now during the exhibit. Wow. Um, yeah. But as I said, in addition, we wanted to highlight content of local interest. Mm-hmm. So we decided, first we were going to do something on Western Ukraine. Uh, when I started to collect material, I found that there's such rich content on Lviv itself. Mm-hmm and a few t- surrounding towns that uh, limit, we decided to limit it to Lviv Oblast. Oh. So Lviv, and there are seven towns that we focused on, mm-hmm. 
and uh, and obtained material, uh, especially for the 1920s and 30s. And uh, this uh, material is largely photographed oh. of uh, of life in Lviv and these two towns. Uh, and its uh, focus is the diversity and vitality, the dynamic life that was in these towns and especially in the large uh, city of Lviv mm-hmm. in the 1920s and 30s. Uh, of course, there's the sad ending yeah. that under 1% of the uh, 109,000 Jews of Lviv survived. We are not focusing on how they died, but rather on how they lived. And that comes through very uh, dramatically and clearly in these photographs of community groups of various kinds, children, older people, a youth especially, and their many different activities, sports clubs, Zionist organizations, cultural groups, librarians, uh, uh, various groups that would meet and also occupations that uh, that people uh, were active in. So we have on the ground levels around the courtyard, we have no text at all, just images wow. of life in the viv, whether it's uh, representing family and friends, you know, outings to the countryside, birthday parties, uh, various celebrations, or groups that uh, worked together in various uh, fields, whether it's students and teachers, and all these uh, different uh, dimensions of life. And we were given also one room in the interior of the museum, not a large room, but one that uh, motivated us to think about preparing a kind of multimedia installation depicting Jewish life in the 1920s and 30s. And uh, the room was actually even smaller than we had imagined when we actually came up with a uh, model of what we would do. Uh, We were going to have two videos being shown simultaneously, uh, one showing uh, community groups of the kind that uh, I just spoke of, but for the other towns as well. And uh, between each town, we would zoom in on an ethnographic map, which exists of Galicia, Mm -hmm. uh, to show location and ethnic composition of these towns. So these were shtetls in Lviv, the bigger city where Jews were about a third of the population. In some of these shtetls, they were even a larger proportion, and some only 10%, but there were significant presence in these uh, smaller towns. What a brilliant idea, Alti. I, I think if you present those pictures of life, everybody knows now what happened. And of course, all you have to do is look around and you don't see that life anymore. And that, I think, has a, even a bigger impact than the horrific stories of death and loss. The collection of uh, the photographs uh, led me to an additional avenue uh, which is uh, the photographs from Yad Vashem, ah. from the Hall of Names, they call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, these photographs were attached to pages of testimony from surviving relatives or friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are portraits of individuals. So, uh, as I mentioned, we had uh, in mind to do two videos, one of groups and then another one of individuals. Mm-hmm. And as things evolved, the space was too small for two videos. So we integrated the two together, and so we have a panorama and individual faces. And it's these individual faces that were really very stirring, from small children Mm -hmm. to elderly people, many young people with their futures before Mm -hmm. them Mm -hmm. cut short. I'm speaking with Alti Rodal, co-director of Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, about a museum exhibit launched in Lviv, Ukraine this past May. In part two of our interview, Alti describes some of the displays and artifacts in the museum exhibit, along with the fascinating stories behind their acquisition. As well, she'll share a bit about UJE's future plans. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Until next time, Shalom. 
Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. this edition of the show. If you're not yet a Patreon supporter of Nosh Holos, I hope you'll consider becoming one today, with the digital equivalent of a cup of coffee once or twice a month, or maybe even a snack or a meal. There's an option for every budget, and even a dollar a month tells me you value the show and my efforts to produce and bring it to you. Becoming a Patreon supporter will give you the opportunity to provide feedback to help me improve the show, create cool swag to promote it, and swap ideas on how to promote Ukrainian culture in between broadcasts and podcasts. Your contribution will also help to preserve a well-established on-air and online venue of almost 30 years running to continue promoting Ukrainian culture and heritage long after I've retired, which will happen sooner rather than later. Your contribution will help that transition happen, and future generations will be able to enjoy the music and other Nasholos programming that you currently do. To become a Patreon supporter, just go to www.patreon.com and search for Nasholos. That's patron with an E, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or go to www.nasholos.com and click on the orange Patreon button on any page there. Thank you for listening and for your support.
from Winnipeg, Manitoba. That was a group called Molodsi, which means young people. From their second CD of traditional Ukrainian favorites, that was an instrumental version of Voroshka, the Gypsy. And before them was Korinya. They are an American group. And that song was another traditional Ukrainian folk song, Didochok, Grandfather. You've been listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver, which comes to you Saturdays from 6 to 7 p.m. here on AM 1320 CHMB on the radio dial and online at am1320.com, as well in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts and podcasts, please visit our website. Please visit our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. As well, visit our website where you'll find transcripts, audio files, information about the show, and, of course, podcast links to stream or download. There's a link to our Patreon site there as well, where you'll find playlists, proverbs, and other extra features for patrons and donors. And that's www.nasholus.com. I love to hear from you, so please send your suggestions, dedications, and requests. Your comments are always welcome. Ne žalme všeskin čela naše programu, poranem proščate sja, našel den teždeň, po vše častu domo vyskazate do pobačenja. Alo peritem jo hoču zalešati vas takime slovame mudrostja. Kto rozumu ne maja, tomu i krasa ne pomahaja. And our proverb of the week translates as, beauty will not help the fool. Well, with that, we've come to the end of our program, so to wrap things up, Prairie Crocus from Winnipeg and the Flop-Eared Mule. I'm Pavlina, on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM1320, thanks for listening and Dobranich! Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. 
It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.